thank you so much for being here today, Rita. Um, it's, it's an honor just reading a little bit about you. Um, I'm so excited to hear your journey as a single parent, but I'd like to formally introduce you as Major General Rita Aragon. And there's a lot of firsts that um, I'm sure the audience would love to hear about your journey of all the first accomplishments that you have received. And it's a great honor again. And thank you for your services with our country. It was my honor to serve. Thank you. Okay. So, Rita, tell us a little bit about your journey, how you became a single parent. Um, I was, my husband was crushed on a motorcycle. My daughters were one and two and a half, and I was teaching and couldn't make ends meet. And so a friend of mine at church, I was working at McDonald's, I was working at church, and I was teaching. And he said, why don't you come join the Air National Guard, and we'll keep you really busy. And I thought, hmm, okay, I'm kind of old for that. I'm 30 years old. And he said, but you're pretty athletic, and that's, that'll get you through a lot of it. And so I did. In 1979, September 19th, uh, Oklahoma City Public Schools was going on uh, strike. And I couldn't make ends meet with working. I certainly couldn't afford to strike. So they put me through uh, all the basic training rigmarole, and I went in and joined on the 19th went off to basic training at Lackland Air Force Base. Even though I had a master's degree, I went in with no stripes at all. I was a basic airman basic, no, absolutely slick sleeve, nothing. And I think that that was probably one of the best things that could have ever happened to me because I learned the mission from the bottom up. And it didn't take very long at all to fall in love with the people and the mission of the Oklahoma Air National Guard and the United States Air Force. Wow. So being part of the military, tell us a little bit about your children. You said one was, your, they're two daughters, correct? Uh, two daughters. Yes. Yeah. So share Maggie that. Maggie and Dana. Or and Dana and Maggie. Dana's the oldest. Maggie was just one, a little over one when I went in. And uh, my mother was my godsend. She's the one who took care of the girls while I went to basic training for six weeks. And the Air Force was very gracious to me because I had two little girls at home. They let me come back to Oklahoma and do my technical training in engineering installation, which really meant I was a draftsman apprentice. I didn't know up from sure. down. Uh, and they sent me out to Tinker Air Force Base to do my training so I could drive in in the morning and come back home at night. And my children were with me, and they went to their daycare just like they always did. So it was as least amount of, of uh, change for them, but for the six weeks I was gone to basic training, they stayed with my mom in Dale, Oklahoma. And they adapted to everything very quickly, really. They were a little tiny, and everyone at the guard wanted to hold them and play with them and take care of them and look after them. And that was my lifesaver because I had folks that for the first time since I could remember, I had I was surrounded by a big family at home. I had, my mother was from a family of eight, my dad was from a family of six, and they all had big families. So I had lots of aunts and uncles and cousins and grandparents who looked after me when I was young. And I had moved away from Dale to Oklahoma City, so it wasn't really possible for all of them to look after my girls. But the guard became a family, and they wrapped their arms around me. And I had people day and night looking after us. When I had a water 
break, I'd had some of the guys from, from the plumbing section come out and help fix. When I had a, a hot water tank uh, belly up, I had some of the guys from engineering come out and help me do that. They helped me when I had car trouble. So they were like a great big family. It was easy to fall in love with them. And I'm sure your girls felt the love as well. Oh, absolutely. They, they didn't know the difference between my family at school and my family at the guard. And that really gives a great balance, would you say? I mean, your daughters were at a very young age, and right now, are they part of the military, may I my ask? Daughter, my older daughter went into the military. She spent 15 years in. They sent her to college, paid for all of it, all the way through her master's. She's a physician assistant for a pain management clinic in Oklahoma City, and uh, she loved it. But she had a new baby girl, and Mama was still in the military business, so I wasn't there to take care of her child, like my mother had taken care of mine. So she told her husband, who was also in the military, you know, one of us has got to get out and stay home and take care of the baby, and she did. So after 15 years, she she separated, and it was a stay stay at work and stay at home mom. So she, she worked uh, for the physician and then took care of her daughter while her husband deployed and went to uh, Afghanistan and Iraq. Wow. Okay. And your other daughter? My younger daughter was said, I was always working when she was little, and so she was going to be a stay-at-home mom. And she has four boys, and she's a stay-at-home mother, takes care of those boys. And they have. she has them all the way from 5 to 26. 5 to 26? <laughs> that's quite a span, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And she now is a single mom. Her husband passed away a year and a half ago. And so she's taking care of her boys, and it. She's found out real quickly how having being only one parent in a home is. It's more than twice as difficult. It's a hundred times more difficult than having both parents at home. So for all those single moms out there, um, you have my heart and you have my love, because it is really tough to be the both parents to your child or children, and it's a, a very different support system. And you do have to have some support. I had the military and I had fellow teachers. And then I'd go home on the weekends and have my mom and dad. In fact, my mother used to laugh and say, I didn't know you knew how to do anything but fall on the couch and go to sleep. Because after working two jobs, I would go down to her house, take the girls down there, and I'd hand them off and say, here you go, mom. And I would crash. So so sharing that story, I believe you've answered a few questions that I believe some of the parents would want to hear, and that's, you know, the most challenging aspect of being a single parent for the past 10 years, because it's been 10 years since uh, you were part of our book here, with, you know, mm-hmm. right? It's been that's 10 right. years. And so it doesn't can you seem sh- possible, right? Wow. It yeah. goes by fast. Yeah. So do you mind sh- sharing a couple of those challenging aspects? Because, you know, you go from working two jobs being a single parent because your you know what occurred to your husband and then you join the military you know so that has to be you know there's some lots of duties that you have to accomplish and i'm sure you didn't stay as an airman correct no i didn't after <laughs> i i uh, i applied for every officer job that came available finally got one after about two and a half years and uh, went off to school again. So my mother, by then the girls were uh, four and five, five and six, and my mother kept them again so that I could go to school and go to training. And that's one of the things with the military. You're constantly training. You're constantly upgrading. You're being deployed to various places. 
And so with a single parent, it's really difficult to be able to um, do your job well and take care of your children. And the issue there is really uh, is a support system. And I had my mom and dad um, that, who were both retired by that time. And that was a big help, but more than that was were the guard people who, who pitched in and helped. Um, no, I became an officer, uh, started back at the bottom. There is absolutely nothing lower than a second lieutenant. We're all uh, dumb and don't know how to walk out the door correctly, so uh, I went back to being stupid again. Uh, and so it took a little while to be able to say, wait, wait, I... And, you know, I have a master's degree, I've been teaching, and oh, yeah, by now I become a principal. So I was a school administrator and uh, be- started my first command. And that was another daunting venture, but it was great to be able to have an increase in pay and an opportunity for leadership. Okay. So my next question to you is, what are some of your fondest memories or moments during that time with not only um, with the past 10 years as a single parent with your children? Well, in the past 10 years, my children are grown and I've been taking care of grandchildren. And it's an opportunity for me to now give back to both of my girls uh, for that time that I said my mother took care of my girls when they were little. And allowed me to be in the military. And in the past 10 years, I'm taking care of my grandchildren. So we've come full circle. I'm now taking care of the the four boys and my uh, other daughter had just one child, but I remarried and my husband had four children. So now we have six children, 13 grandchildren, and it changes the dynamics a lot about what I'm doing now. Uh, I've retired uh, and I left the military and went to work for the governor at the state of Oklahoma as the Secretary of Veterans Affairs. Um, but I always had to make sure that my job at the state didn't conflict with grandma duties. That's very important to be there so that you can help your children as they're trying to live their life now. And they see that. And I'm sure that they really appreciate uh, everything that you're doing for them. And it's just like it's following suit. Would you agree? It does. And I think that's the circle of life. We we hope our parents will be there to help us out. And in a lot of families, they are. And in some families, there's a shortage. So then you tell yourself, okay, who, where do I find the safety net? Who are the people that I lean on? It may be at church. And I did attend church all the time. And they were wonderful folks who, uh, particularly when my girls were teenagers, they took them to uh, camps and programs and things that I was very busy and didn't have time to go do, so they supported and underpinned the girls that way. Well, good. So my next question is, and I think you've already answered it, but would you say that the greatest source of support over the past decade and even when you were a single parent has been the family of the military and your parents? Absolutely. Uh, My parents have been gone now for five years, but the military uh, stepped in and that and and the people that I worked with at schools. Of course, by the time I took over being a principal, uh, my girls were grown and going to college and getting married and having children of their own. So that the toughest part of trying to take care of a family as a single mom, I found, was that trying to build a network so that you had help because one person working two jobs cannot take care of 
two children, and I ended up with six of them uh, and now have 13 grandchildren. 17 grandchildren. 17 grandchildren. Oh, wow. <laughs> How many children do I have? I don't know. There are a lot of them out there. There's so many, right? Yeah, that's right. Yes, yes. And so how have your children surprised you over the years, and what have you learned from them, would you say? Well, my older daughter went into the military to pay her way through college and through uh, medical school. My younger daughter had uh, took the opposite approach. She said, I don't want to be a working mom. I want to be a stay-at-home mom. And that all worked just fine until her husband died of cancer. So one of those things that I think they had to learn was there are no easy decisions out there as a parent. You may think that um, working two jobs is the answer, or you may think staying at home and trying to take care of your children with less resources is the way to go. Now, my daughter is very uh, resilient. She's found ways to help pay her bills, uh, and mom helps underwrite some of that. Um, But the big thing is that she has had to find her own sense of family. She lives uh, 65 miles away from me, so I'm not there to run over and pick up the boys from school, or, or, uh, but they love to come up to my house and go fishing and spend the weekend with grandma and gives mom a little downtime, a little break. But I, my daughter, who's the PA, her daughter is now 20 years old and working. And my, 20, my older daughter looks at me and says, Mom, I never really appreciated how busy you were all that time that we were growing up and how much time it took for you to have a meal on the table every night because we didn't have the money to eat out. So it was cook something and have it on the table, have breakfast before the kids went to school. And because I was an educator, I knew how important it was that they had a little bit of touch and feeling and love before they left to go off to school. And as an educator, I will tell you that I find that that's probably one of the things we we have the least of now in our society is mom is busy, mom is working, mom is is, uh, trying to take care of kids and work a job, and it's really, really hard to make sure they have that those arms surrounding them every morning before they leave. And lucky are the children who have that because it changes their whole perspective about I'm loved and I'm wanted in this world. This is so true. And, you know, I know you didn't share a whole lot about yourself, but is it true? And you don't have to answer, but, um, you know, as you were a single parent, you always made sure that your two girls had everything. And it was several years, or I don't know how many years, that you never had anything for yourself. Uh, That's one of the standard jokes. How long can you make a pair of underwear last as a mama? (laughs) And the answer is until you have time and, and money to be able to go buy new. That's the answer. It was true. I mean, I everything was about my two girls, and my mom and dad helped tremendously. Birthday parties were a godsend because they were full of toys and clothes and, and uh, uh, gift cards to go places. Um, but, yeah, I mean, children have to come first. And I think that's something that every single mom understands. They're trying to make up for the other parent who's not able to be there with them. So you have to give twice as much of yourself uh, to be able to take care and feel, meet the needs they have. And a lot of times that means not enough uh, finances to go around. So you just have to find a way to make all that work. And if you're lucky, uh, your mom is a seamstress and can help make clothes for everybody. Was that you? No, that was not <laughs> me. That was my mother. <laughs> no, yeah. I uh, I made I did make all my clothes through high school and college, 
But And when the girls were little, I tried to sew. But once I was working two jobs, there just wasn't time for that. Um, in fact, sometimes I worked three jobs. Sometimes I worked as the secretary at our church, and I'd work at McDonald's, and I'd work at the guard, and I'd work at school, and, and finish my master's degree. So all of that stuff wound around itself to be able to say, um, you have to set your priorities, and you have to figure out what's the most important thing, and how how do what's the most important thing today may not be the most important thing tomorrow. Correct, because things change from one day to the next. They sure do. You know, here today and tomorrow's another new technology. You know, your phone that you just got is is great, and then a month or two or so later, the technology has changed, and That's so correct. we have to stay up with it. But um, one more question that I'd like to ask you is. When your children were were smaller, did y'all travel anywhere? Was anything, you know, it could even be like to the lake or something and made some memories there that you think, wow, I'm glad I did it. We did not. Okay. Um, between my working on weekends and them having to go to their grandparents, their, their memories of being small were going to grandma and grandpa's. And my mom and dad did a lot of wonderful things with them. But no, we didn't have the finances. We didn't have the time. And, and that is... A thing that I think I have to say was was the biggest issue in my life was, it yeah, money was short, but time was even shorter. And so to find the time, to make the time, to make significant experiences, we didn't uh, watch a lot of television. We read together, and both of my girls are great readers, and I really like to take credit for that. I don't know if I deserve it or not, but we would read at night. We read every night. We prayed every night before they went to bed. And then when they'd get up in the morning, get ready to go to school, they helped me make breakfast, even though they were little tiny tots. But that then developed into they had, they helped take care of them, each other. My older daughter thought she was my, the little one's mother all the time. She said, my baby, my baby, <laughs> which the younger one rebelled at later on in life. But the truth was, it it takes a whole village. We all have to work together. And that's a trite statement, and people use it very haphazardly anymore, but it's true. You can't just be an island and take care of your child because it takes all of us. It takes the school. It takes the church. It takes family. And if you're lucky, it takes the military. And that is so true. And, you know, I feel in my heart that you have made a round circle, a unity with your family, and not really realizing it just by sharing your story with us here today in the sense that you made sure that their vacation was being with the family and made the best memories with your parents, which are their grandparents, because those are memories that you can't get back. That's right. You know, and they they were in love with their grandma and grandpa. Their grandpa did all kinds of things with them. I mean, one of the things that my daughter thought was just a real treat was getting to ride the the tractor with grandpa, getting to ride on his lap and riding the tractor. And they, in fact, something will come up even now, and that's been many years ago. And they'll say, "Yeah, I remember grandpa putting me on his lap and let, letting us ride around the the." cornfield. And that makes a big difference. Just as I had those memories of my grandfather, uh, they were farmers and I'd go out and have, that's how I made money when I was a kid. I uh, I picked up extra corn in the fields with my cousins. I had a lot of cousins. I told you that my, both my families were, were big families. We picked up pecans to make money. We picked blackberries in the summer. We did, I mean, from from a time of real young age. Usually my mother was the one who bought the straw, the blackberries from us so she could make blackberry jams. She was a great 
canner and provider and, and freezing food, and she did all of those things um, that secured our life, even though I was very fortunate to have both mother and father there, and both sets of grandparents were close by and were, and th- and that's part of the thing I think I, maybe I feel um, that my girls didn't experience was they didn't have a big family around them all the time like I did. Uh, I had lots of cousins, lots of aunts and uncles that spent time with me, and they just had one aunt. I would I, there were just two of us when we grew up, my sister and I, and my sister worked as did I. And she had only one child, so there were not a lot of cousins. There were not a lot of aunts and uncles, but the people at the guard provided that kind of familial surroundings where they wrapped their arms around the girls, and and they would take them on, you know, swim trips or or go to church camps or whatever. So the girls had a lot of opportunities to find out that family is more than just the biological people you're raised with. They're the people in your community, in your church, in your neighborhood, and that can make all the difference in the world in how your children feel love as they're growing up. Absolutely. I totally agree as an only child. So I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. But, you know, it's so true. You don't need to have that biological family. You know, you have so many people in the community that can provide that other part of the puzzle is what I call it, right? I agree. And, you know, with your story here today, looking back, what advice would you give to yourself as a single parent 10 years right ago based on what you have learned since then? I think I'd say don't be so tough on yourself. Realize you're doing the best you can do with what your resources you have and what not just money, but family, community. Uh, and and I had one child that followed me into my military career. So I think I'd say, you did okay. You did the best you can do. And that's all any of us can be expected to do is the best you can do. And I, when I was a principal, I watched single moms come in all the time, trying really hard to be both parents. And the truth is you're never going to be both parents, even though you may end up having to be the disciplinarian and the, and the coddler at the same time. We find ways to show our children the love and the nurturing that they need to have to be good, wholesome, well-rounded children and then become human, the adult human beings that have that kind of love to give on to someone else. I think love is something the more you give away, the more you get. I agree. I totally agree. So Major General Rita Aragon, would you mind if I shared all of your accomplishments while you were being a single parent and making it grow? Because what I understand is that you were a tough little cookie. I was called something other than just cookie, well, but I, you're right. But <laughs> I, I said cookie because we have to keep it PG here, right? All right, okay. So I would love to introduce that unless you'd like to share it with the public. Why don't you go ahead and tell? Because if I say it, it sounds like I'm bragging. So but I, you should I'm not. brag. You should be so proud of what you've accomplished as a single parent and having all, not only the military, but your parents, cousins, the church, the community allow you to be you and to do your very best. And I know you would go at a higher rank if there was higher ranks. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, I would love to end this with, you know, this is like all firsts. It's amazing. 
I mean, that's what happens when you're old, honey. You're the first one through the door. So, no. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I would like to say that you were the first female rank Brigadier, Brigade, right? Brigadier. Brigadier, Brigadier General. General. That's a one in, star. At o- in Oklahoma City National Guard. Oklahoma. It's for the whole state. The yeah. whole state. See, yeah. that's why I'm glad you're sharing this with me. We're <laughs> learning this together. First female commander of an Air National Guard unit. That's right. First female base commander in Oklahoma. That was a lot of fun. I had my name on the front of the sign out in front of the base. That was a very nice. And did you have you on parking? I did. Of course. I did. Yeah. Yes. First female one-star general and first female two-star general. So you had two stars. I did. Mm-hmm. You still do. I still do. <laughs> and now you are retired and you serve Oklahoma's first female secretary of military and veterans affairs. I did. And, and you know, we have 359,000 veterans in the state of Oklahoma. And we have over 19,000 active duty guard and reserve members of the military in Oklahoma. And people say, well, why is that important? And I say, because that's part of the culture of Oklahoma. And that's part of what makes Oklahoma so welcoming to other people to come here. Uh, the military is one of the largest um, uh sources of finance for the state of Oklahoma. We provide an enormous amount of income, and that's good for the state of Oklahoma. So the state of Oklahoma gives back welcoming our veterans and thanking them for the service they have, whether that was uh, a two-year tour or 30 years like mine. Very good. So I'm going to end this because all of this happened with your motto, faith takes a big part in your life correct? It does. Spreading goodness and make things happen is what you said in the book. And that, that and that is true. You have to say, where, what, where do I have the greatest sphere of influence? And then have the courage to step out and do it. And you know what, Rita? You have just done this right now, Thank today, you. and spreading it to all of Oklahoma and who knows where else. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being here today and saying yes and sharing your journey. Thank you. Thank you.